0: Podcast ain't played nobody, Bill. How many spring games have you ever been to? <laughs> uh, Please don't say more than two. Like, well, I live in Columbia, Missouri, uh, and, you know, friends come to town, like having a reason to come into town for a Saturday in April. So, I mean, I've probably been to like 15 Missouri spring games at this point just because I'm oh. in town.
1: Fifteen, wow. Wow.
0: And if it is fifteen, it'll be sixteen on Saturday. Because, uh, oh wait, hold on, what's the weather going to be like? Oh, it's going to be terrible! Ha
1: <laughs> ha! Because this is uh, this, uh, just been you so this is a this is a space in which normally, uh, you know, we do our best to decry and debunk sports writer stereotypes. That's one of the reasons this podcast exists. Is because the like the old school thinking in every aspect of college football was so like calcified. When we started SB Nation. but you complaining about the weather, which is which is a very sports writer thing. I'm I'm here for it, but only the Missouri weather, and only for the net. Like any extra day that you get of winter that robs you of like the spring summer, I just think is hilarious because you're registering emotion in an alarmingly human fashion. Uh, so I'm <laughs> I, I'm here for it.
0: I walk the dogs three times a day. I have had about five lovely comfortable walks. Wait, you were back
1: up, back up. You are a parent and you walk your dogs three times a day and you produce roughly about eighteen thousand more words a week than I do. <clears throat> God, I hope I, I seriously hope none of our I mean, our bosses listen to this. Do you realize how <laughs> how do you walk your dog three times a day? Uh, well, I put their leashes on. And all then right, all I... right, all right, all right, all right. This is Podcast no, Ain't Played Nobody. Here,
0: here's, here's a reminder. It, when you wake up at four, the day is yours. There's wow. a lot of day when you wake up at four.
1: If you're on drugs at 4 a.m., the day is someone else's, but you can participate. This is Podcast Ain't Played Nobody. It's College Football, Marriage, and Numbers Awards. My name is Stephen Godfrey at 38 Godfrey. That is the robot Bill Connolly at SBN underscore Bill C. He's the inventor. Proprietor of the SP Plus Analytics System, uh, the basis of which we use as our Sherpa through the off season. <laughs> because today we will scale scale the northernmost peak summit of the Mountain West Conference, as well as take your questions. And that's kind of about it. But also, he wrote two books. Get them on Amazon. The reason why I asked about the weather and the, and the and the spring games and such was I was so desperate to tie this week's episode to an actual event ongoing right now. The only thing that we could cough up was the fact that multiple. <laughs> major p5 spring games are being canceled for the weather i am so fine with this i, I do not have a i don't have a north south joke to make um because i know it's about michigan michigan state wisconsin um ooh, i just read another one this morning there's multiple games that have been canceled that's fine i think it's totally okay iowa state um so there's, there's a big 12 school um just do it just cancel it there's no point <laughs> No, but
0: I I am a proponent of spring games as long as your only goal is to just kind of sit out there and talk to your friends and sk- soak in the air uh, and and get to pretend it's fall for a day. Like that's all fine. Just don't like if you're coming away with from the uh, game thinking our team's gonna be awesome this year or something like that. Yeah, don't. That's that's it's not a game. It's a scrimmage. But it's a fun. It can be a fun day. Go get your you know some pizza at the local uh, college town pizza place uh, and and enjoy yourself and it's fine
1: a question the from, weather
0: was 45 degrees and
1: cloudy question last week that we got we didn't get from miller yoho at miller yoho what should the casual fan look for when watching spring games i assume coaches <laughs> keep it pretty vanilla so is there anything to gain from watching other than it's something that resembles football um, the latter is sort of the truth in that um, yeah if you know if you're interested in particular players um i think the more if you're Alabama or Georgia, you're probably just watching to see what other five stars taking a five stars place. Um, and that's fun. I'm, I'm not trying to be too facetious there. That's fun. That's fine. That's cool. That's what you want to do. Um, don't ever look for scheme or, uh, like whole cloth play execution. Um, they are in, in, so many cases really granular like like specific areas are being worked on receivers getting your third team guys as many reps as humanly possible for depth letting a backup quarterback work in work with the ones in a in a um, in a one minute drill in a goal to go situation so everything that you're seeing is obviously not true game it is a practice it is not a game it is a practice we can all agree on that right it's a practice it's not a game yes. right no one's trying to hurt your quarterback it's not a, it's not a game not a game practice thank you
0: yeah so like inevitably you know i'll do columbia radio or whatever the week before the mizzou spring game and and what i'll I'll kind of lay out the same spiel every time and that basically what i i will say is you know yeah don't look for overriding conclusions about anything, be it scheme or quality, you know, chances are your number one offense is facing the number two defense and number one defense facing number two offense. You can, whatever spin you want to put on it, you can put on it, but it is an opportunity to at least like, um, uh, have have three questions in mind about a player or a or a unit uh like a you know for mizzou this year it'll be like you know can anybody like what how are the defensive ends looking like since they only have one like semi-known pass rusher and he's out so okay who else is there is it are they getting any pressure obviously it's two-hand touch on the quarterback so it's different but you can at least see if they're beating the Uh, the the right or left tackle. Uh, You can see if, you know, are the safeties, do they seem to be semi-organized? You can kind of figure that one out. So just really vague questions where you can get kind of a waft of an answer. If you do that, I mean, you can get something out of it, but yeah, you're not going to get much out of it.
1: Uh, Reporters reporters experience here, from the locker room, from the coaches, (laughs) private conversations with me over the years. Anytime you say quarterback X looked good in the spring game, a coach is going to roll their eyes because what a coach knows, it's not, not not just about the yellow jerseys, but it's also about the fact that the coaches cannot create pressure equivalent to even your crappy opening game against an SES team. They want to, they want to put you in a situation to test you, but they know that they can't because short of like four stadiums, you're going to get something that's probably a fifth full sixth full, right? So the atmosphere is not going to be there. You're probably going against your twos, even if you're going against your ones. Um, it's a defense that you know and recognize really well. It's extremely hard to make a quarterback feel like he's in a game setting and test uh, decision making between like between walking to the line and taking a snap and and doing your reads, all your fun quarterback stuff. That's the one where quarterbacks or quarterback coaches roll their eyes when we in the media say like, well, oh, I mean, it was so good in the spring. And they're like, that doesn't mean anything. It <laughs> doesn't mean anything at all. So, um, who Hey, that. it's yeah! your phone. Oh, oh wait. Oh no, they're getting me. Keep it in Bill. Ooh, got important, super important reporter phone calls. I don't even recognize that number. Whoa. That is uh, from an area code for a long form. I'm working on right now. So I'll get that when we hang up. Uh, Bill, yeah, there's nothing wrong with watching your team spring game. There's nothing wrong with watching a spring game. Um, it's good naps, yeah, man. Um, it's uh, I know there were no as far as I know, there's been no cancellations in the SEC uh, for spring games. And I don't think that's related to weather. I think it's related to the fact that they have to have the inventory for the SEC network. because yeah. They blow those things out to such a ridiculous degree that um, if they were to cancel them, I think they would I mean, they would lose a lot of their, you know, inventory for the spring and they like send crews and all that crazy nonsense, but
0: I feel so bad. Like those crews have to talk for two hours. Dude. During I mean, a practice.
1: yes, Adam, Amin. I, I think he was working women's final four. I'm trying to think of the announcers. I like a lot right now. I, I don't know if Dari is doing any, um, I probably shouldn't have started this list without realizing who's actually doing play by play on some of these games. But like it is yeoman's work. Uh, I'm trying to think, I think Cole, um cole cute sure
0: cole's involved yeah.
1: uh was doing color actually he was in that stupid uh not stupid because cole did it just stupid because the sec's fake pr but they like made they let a bunch of media become referees i think it was the south carolina spring game you know they they yeah. never invite SB nation to these type of things because they're huh. they are afraid i'm going to steal the silverware and i am uh that like it's hard to do television. It's really I tell you what, if you're an aspiring sportscaster, if you want to work in television or video or whatever the hell it's going to be in, you know, 10 years where it's in <laughs> where it's like a just an eyedropper and you're psychically teleported a game or whatever. Uh, watch a spring game because man, you gotta you gotta like vamp for three and a half hours. Um, yeah, you're gonna be you're
0: gonna be blowing such smoke. You're gonna have learned a tidbit about why every single redshirt freshman is about to have a breakthrough season, and you're gonna use all of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna be just nothing. It it is an exercise more than anything of actual value. It is just an exercise of how much can I, you know. Just plump this team up and make it something like this is your next breakout team right here. This freshman over here, that's why. Um, And then we're all going to forget you said anything. It's kind of a no-lose situation. We're all going to forget everything by the time the first game actually starts. But, yeah, that's the thing. How how much can you blow out of proportion how good the team that you're uh, covering is going to be? Because you're not going to say anything bad. Nothing bad at all is going to happen in, in two hours, according to the announcer.
1: I think you know what it's—it's it's okay to just have fun and 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 walk away from a spring game broadcast or attending and be like, ah, hey, we're like seven and five this year, seven and five, like why not? God, life is short. It's filled with filled with disappointment. So the problem <laughs> is, don't get on Twitter and tell me about it. Don't be like, man, you look good in the spring. No, no, stop, Nang.
0: And, and I know we have a lot of Nebraska fans listening right now. Um, Wait, because but this especially goes for you, Nebraska fans.
1: Just, pod, just podcast always plays yeah. Nebraska. That's what the letters actually stand for.
0: There you go. Good job. No, they, I, I actually, when I'm writing previews and I talk about somebody who seemed to have a good uh, a, a good spring game or a good spring, and made headlines and all that. I, I call them. Oh God, what was his name? The, uh, the I call them the Jamal Turner All Stars because Jamal Turner lit up like two straight spring games uh, at for Nebraska, and I heard so much about him. And he caught like 20 passes in four years. Uh, to to his to his own defense, he was hurt a lot and all that. But he he was never. You you would have thought he was about to win four Bolitnikovs, and of mm-hmm. course, need dare I say the name of Tanner Lee. Uh, And the things that uh, a certain nerdish co-host of this show had to deal with from Nebraska fans uh, with Turner Lee uh, Tanner Lee last year. Now that said, I mean a lot of Nebraska tough on me.
1: Huh? It was very hard on me.
0: Yeah, it was. I I lost sleep. Um, Our friend Aaron at AG Evans nine hundred one said, "You've mentioned Nebraska ball. uh, Nebraska football was turned into a museum." Um, Yeah, when did I say that? I I don't remember, but. but you did because they, they they have better memories than we do. Ross mentioned in his intro PC that the leadership is finally in place to be successful. Osborne brought his bought his seats back after getting rid of them last year. Uh, and everyone seems to be pulling the same direction. Uh, I'm definitely not saying this is a two tweeter. He didn't fit all this into one. Uh, I'm definitely not saying Frost is Sabin or that the Huskers will be dynastic ever again. But are there any parallels with Bama? Is the climate finally right in Lincoln for NU to get over the conference championship hump? Um, it is as right as it's going to be. Let's put it that way. Um, that, cause I, when you've got a quote unquote favorite son type who can come back, the reason we're attracted to those types of guys the you know, he, he played here, he knows what it takes. No, it's just like, he knows the behind the, the scenes BS that he's going to have to deal with. Uh, and if you can find a guy who can deal with that BS, uh, get uh, all the, all the different cats herded together. Like we always talk about with Saban, um, and then actually also be a good coach. That's the part we forget when we're talking about favorite sons. Uh, you know, he has to actually be good at his job. He, it's, it's only one thing to know the landscape. Uh, if you get all those things, then you've really got something special. And like I've been saying for a while now, I've said for a while that Nebraska is one grade hire away, and they just hired probably the best coach on the market. So we're going to find out exactly what kind of ceiling they have.
1: Not going to be this year. That's okay. No Not going to be this year, but calm down i know nebraska gets real salty when you win eight or nine games a year that's not (laughs) living up to it you're not going to win eight or nine games this year okay and that's okay that's totally fine um i would refer thee back um to the transition a very quick turnaround that was created under scott frost at nebraska or excuse me at central florida um I've said this on the show before, but I was doing the USF thing and Thanksgiving that year before Taggart took the Oregon job. And I know I've mentioned this before, but there was a lot of effusive praise for how fast and how different they looked from week one to week ten, or even week one to week six. Um, and so I think I think you're really excited at Nebraska this time next year. I think the Nebraska spring game next year, after another recruiting cycle, that's when it's going to get unreasonably fun and sort of like, you know, you get to act like a, like the old Nebraska fan base, which by the way, you should do, you should have fun with it. There's a, there's a lay motif for the show today, Bill. Just have, that's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Have fun. It's fine. Comma, have fun. Just don't lose sight. Um. All right, Bill, we're going to go straight into the questions. Cause we well, got we a bunch, have, kind of, but yes, I know, yeah. I know, but I have to create transitions. Um, and then we're going to do uh, mountain West and hopefully the uh, questions will organically get us to the mountain West. And then um, due to the fact that we have other engagements we're we're not going to go super long today. So uh, once again, if you have a question for the show, please use the hashtag on the Twitters. It's hashtag ask P-A-P-N. Um, A couple of you asked a question without the hashtag and uh, you are, you are doomed to rot in the pits of hell. I'm not going to read your question on the air. Uh, we've got a bunch. Where would you like to go first, Bill? Wow, okay. Um,
0: oh, okay, I just found a good one, but I'm going to save it because I have to pull up another link first. So,
1: Cool, cool. Do you want me to do yeah. one? Uh, yeah, you do one, and I'll prep. I'm going to go totally random. You ready? I'm just going to scroll through the Twitter column. Ready? Plus plus money. From this point forward, what's higher? The total number of Nick Saban national titles... Or the total number of Herm Edwards bowl appearances? Hmm. <clears throat> Does he mean forever? Yeah, I mean
0: I assume yeah. For for the they're both old, so I mean they're not. How many titles? Like...
1: How many titles do we have from Nick Saban now? LSU plus five. five? I think five and nine, five? so six. Yeah. Okay, so I'm definitely going to go with Nick Saban national championships. I mean, what you're telling me is that Arizona State. Is gonna go on a six year run of bulls? No. What, you think that. you think
0: Alabama's going on? No, no, I mean I think from this point forward. So not counting savings, five.
1: Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. That's sorry, how plus, I read plus, it anyway. Who knows? Sorry, but... plus plus money. Um, <laughs> um uh, well, yeah, Arizona State Bowls. It's yeah go to the cactus bowl or something my, so right wins. yeah my okay. my
0: initial reflex was of course Arizona state now that I think about it um you oh. know we still got two or three national championships to go for for sabin probably possibly give um, me that give me that hot take bill i i don't think i can i don't think i can pull it off but i will just say that you know if if sabin does get to say three more national titles which might be pushing it um I'm not completely sure. I see Herm sticking around long enough. If he gets like three bowls in five seasons, that might be his career right there. So um, it might be tighter than I my reflex thought. But yes, I'm still going to go with Herm Bowls. By the way, Chris, uh, shout out to Richard Johnson's uh, Herm Edwards profile yesterday. It was... Um, I mean, it was even handed. It was well done. It basically lays out all the reasons why they think they can succeed. It lays out all the reasons why, you know, all this talk of all all the NBA BS about uh, new leadership model. It was just basically saying we've hired a Mac Brown CEO coach. Um, And, you know, it it was a very well done, even take on his part. And and I liked the way it came about.
1: Young Richard went to the desert. Very. I thought very objectively graded out the nonsense and the reality that is Arizona state. It's, and it's a very, that's a very hard right. thing to it's do not, when you go out and when you're on campus and visiting the program, they want to feed you all of the pablum and he did yes. a very good job. Of and he laid it.
0: out exactly what he was fed, but then he also just pointed out where it's probably not that. So uh, well done. All right. Um, all right. Here's yeah. the question I was wanting to set up. Brian Mann at B underscore 2017, which coach is best positioned for a breakout year two? um he also asked about he also uh, asked about year one guys um but we'll stick with the year two thing for now so here's a list of the coaches who came in in 2017 uh so the the breakout candidates matt rule of baylor Uh, Justin Wilcox at Cal, Luke Fickle at Cincy, Randy Edsel at UConn, I'm going to eliminate Lane Kiffin at FAU since he's already broken out, Uh, Butch Davis at FIU, Jeff Tedford also broke out uh, at Fresno, Sean Elliott at Georgia State, Major Applewhite at Houston, Tom Allen at Indiana, Ed O at LSU, Uh, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota, Jay Norvell at Nevada, Willie Taggart at Oregon, whoops, Uh, Jeff, I I would say he's eliminated, Jeff Braum at Purdue, Brent Brennan at San Jose State, Charlie Strong at USF, Jeff Collins at Temple, Tom Herman at Texas, Mike Sanford at Western Kentucky, and Tim Lester at Western Michigan. A lot of guys are... A lot of guys in there are going to improve quite a bit just because they, you know, they had a year zero situation, Matt Rule, especially playing like all freshmen
1: last year. Um, We got to set up some, we got to set up, pardon my pun here, some rules for this. When we say breakout, we're talking about a large amount of winning. We're talking about a large amount of winning relative to the previous year or years past, as well as a breakout being sort of, you didn't see it coming.
0: I don't know. I, I, I don't, it, maybe, but I, I kind of see it as both like, yeah, you improve a lot from last year, but you also just have a large number of wins, period. Uh-huh. Um, So, you know, like Bob Stoops winning the national title in his second year, that was a breakout uh, Mm -hmm. year, obviously, Um, not only because they improved from seven wins to whatever it was, 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. but because it was just a big number of wins. So Matt Rule might improve in in his win total. Matt Rule might improve as much as anybody,
1: but just to get to like six and six. So So that's not uh, a breakout year. I think they're going to be steady. They're going to be better. I think it was a good hire. Making the yes. best of a horrific situation, so let's take Matt Rule off the list. Okay. Yes. Um. I love. Let's just go through and eliminate some of these real fast. Okay. Um, so no Matt Rule. Um, I could say the same right away for Ed Orgeron only because breakout year it just it's not going to apply. They're going to be good. That's, yeah, that's a, breakout year at LSU is national title run exactly. Not there. So, okay, that that's not going to happen. Um, I think the same situation at a different level is Charlie Strong at, at South Florida. They do have to replace Quentin Flowers, and they do have to. They've done a really good job recruiting. I think they're doing great there. I think it's a good fit for Charlie, but not a breakout um same goes for mike sanford i don't think he has the guys yet at western kentucky if anything they're dealing with kind of a gulch of talent for the previous recruiting classes um jay norvell we've talked about nevada not there yet fun to watch though yeah um okay i'm boiling this thing down um Mm -hmm. head you have to take off there because if anything i think fresno had the breakout season last year um sean elliott at georgia state no okay I got a better list now. Okay. Oh, by I, the way, Brent Brennan's in really Brennan like Brent Brennan's in like year zero point seven five <laughs> at the <San Jose laughs> State. Yeah, he's like he was in <laughs> that was a year negative one last year. Yeah. Year. Okay. It really comes down to this. Oh, by the way, Western Michigan, you're you're out too. Um, Tom Herman, Brom, mm-hmm. major apple white, PJ Fleck, maybe Jeff Collins.
0: P.J. Flex, to me, no, he's not a, all the way in the Matt Rule category because they weren't 1-11, but they really... He, he did kind of burn it down last year. Um, Tom, so, Allen, yeah, they, I would Tom Allen was him still on my win.
1: list, sorry. Tom Allen was still on my list. I'm taking him off because they just don't have the roster yet, if okay. ever. All right, And, and Purdue kind of set the bar
0: pretty high last year, so they would have to go to like 10 wins to really break out any further. So I, I'm going
1: to cross that one off. Okay. All right. So, so Brom's not capable this year of winning more than eight without knowing like no
0: i don't think so i, I would say you get to you, you for him it's about solidifying last year's gains if he if he can right. get to seven eight wins again that's amazing and and you really start to be on the right track here
1: so the only names i have left are major applewhite and tom herman and jeff collins and jeff um, collins but i think i don't think that roster is in shape enough to have a breakout year in the aac yet. I, I don't
0: I, I really like what they did the last like month or so of the year i, I think did, they I really, they're
1: good But are we talking 10 wins?
0: Possibly. Uh, Well, without knowing their schedule, because I haven't previewed them yet, I think they could be in the market for a nice
1: step forward here. Oh, my Um, man. My text calls. Tell them them we got them down for 10 wins. Um, The Temple schedule is favorable, Bill. How about that? Um, Villanova, (laughs) Buffalo, Maryland, Tulsa, ECU, Boston College, Navy, Cincinnati. Uh, Central Florida Houston Yukon South Florida not in that order um, okay I, I uh, 10 feels like a lot but you know um, I like your optimism there um, oh the other name we didn't get rid of uh, I think is a sleeper Luke fickle right what do you think about that um, not not there yet you're 1.3 they'll, yeah,
0: they'll improve but um, they recruited really well yes. And they've actually, I mean, they're the number one in terms of uh, the group of five. They are tops in terms of two-year recruiting uh-huh. um, and, and almost tops in five-year recruiting, too. It kinda, I'm kind of mad about that because I was writing today's Boise State preview and, and attempting to talk about all the ways they're number one, and, and instead Cincinnati had to go be number one in recruiting. So uh, screw, screw them for that. Thanks. But uh, otherwise, yes, they are uh, just kind of depends on fit and system and all that, but they're going to have talent.
1: Um, I think the only answer here is Tom Herman, honestly. Why not um, Major? I think so. Here is my argument for Major. Okay. Um, it's a pretty short argument. You ready? Okay. Kendall Bryles.
0: I thought you were going to say Ed Oliver, but yes,
1: Kendall Bryles too. Kendall, if Ed Oliver could throw the ball, I would say that <laughs> for Kendall Bryles. Um, how much? I mean, look, the talent's there. We know that. Like, it's a top five, G five program all the time with, um, in terms of recruiting. So you know that you are going to have the ability to bring those guys. Yeah, you know, they've got the receivers. They've got they've got what it would take to. It might be shaky at first, but Kendall Brows is going to have that offense doing things. That's so awkward to talk about, BS. Yes. I know, I know, it's weird that we're sitting here just talking about it in the in the, <laughs> in the football context. But in the football context, this is the University of Houston, where his father was a head coach. Like he understands the system, he understands the landscape, he understands the culture. Yada yada yada. Like whether we like it or not he's going yeah. to take them and fit. He's going to fix the problems that they had last year on offense. And that if you fix the problems they had last year on offense, they are a 10 win team.
0: Yeah. They still have, they have uh, the other Edo for another year. Um, yeah. I'll put him a quarterback.
1: It's possible. All right. So th- there's my argument for Houston. I think Houston could be a double digit, double digit win team. And then major buys himself a couple years of, you know, Hey, I can do this now. Yeah. Let's talk about Tom Herman because that's because I was basically just screwing with you for this entire question. Tom Herman's the answer. Um, Texas is the answer. Texas is incredibly well positioned to be the answer and to really be everyone's darling by October 1st because they could beat USC.
0: I would predict them to be USC because they are not going to be, I mean, USC, not, I don't want to make it sound like USC is starting over or something, but they've got a lot of pieces to replace in the, well, both pieces in the backfield basically. Yes. Uh, and whatever they become, they might not be there in week, what, two or three week three. Um, so yeah, I would, I would expect Texas to win that Good game. Defense. But I mean you get you get USC and TCU at home before October first. Now, granted, you'll lose at Kansas State because you know, that's something that happens. But um, you know, they I I I just I think they're gonna be just about ready. The defense is gonna be really, really, really good. And the offense isn't going to be worse. It'll at least be more stable mm-hmm. than it was last year. I think it'll have a higher floor than it did last year. Um, and that could tip the balance uh, in a lot of these ballgames. So they're going to be playing in a ton of close games because that's just what kind of happens here, uh, but they're going to have a chance to win a lot of
1: them. Why are they going to be in a ton of close games? Well,
0: because their schedule features you know trips to Kansas State and Oklahoma State and visits from TCU and USC and and Red River Rival. They're not, they're, the talent level is going to be... Well, it is good. Obviously, the athleticism level is good. Mm-hmm. The talent level will pick up, mm-hmm. but they're just—they're playing a lot of teams that are very close to them, and, and therefore, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of these are going to be, you know, one possession finishes and how well they do that. How well they select a quarterback, first of all. They—they they messed around last year. They needed to. Mm-hmm. It seemed like every time they were just about ready to put to to just go ahead and go with Aylinger, he, he would get hurt or something, and then Bouchelle would come in and not look terrible, and that would start the process over again. But uh, just last year, I mean, last year they lost 27-24 to USC, 29-24 to Oklahoma, 13-10 to Oklahoma State, and one of the weirdest damn games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. 27-23 to Texas Tech. Um, like that's if, – if you get three to four to five points better, uh, you are in damn good shape uh, at, at
1: Texas. I guess the reason I was asking, is it, going to be a, is it going to be a close game situation? Is that because of the roster? Is that just indicative of the landscape at Texas? The reason why I ask that is, is it possible to just be – let me like pull up Oklahoma last year and how many blowout situations they got in. Is it just is that just life in the Big Twelve in which you have to be really good at managing one to two possession games? We could say the well, same yeah, thing I mean, in the SEC, like, but I'm just saying like you right. can't. You're never going to have so many more guns than the next person in that in that culture. <laughs> That's a metaphor and a reality, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah okay so let's go through like oklahoma uh they
0: in a four game stretch of close games right that was yeah, pretty much it. exactly
1: 62 52 oklahoma state that's the one that jumps out 38 20 tcu not so much you know, go back up earlier oh, 42 yeah, 35 right, right. kansas yes.
0: state 20 yep. like four straight games so there. the meat
1: of the schedule that ends up defining their 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 playoff year is a series of close games against pretty good teams most of which you named um at the outset we were talking about i just maybe that's just how you live life in the big 12 is that you're never like. Let, I guess what I'm getting at, Bill, is that there's no there's no rebuild or there's no trajectory for Tom Herman the way there was for Herman's boss at Ohio State, Urban, where it was like we're mm. going to make Ohio State so good again and so elite that we're going to just scrub six to eight teams in conference a year or six to eight <laughs> teams on the schedule a year and then really knuckle down and be more talented better and better disciplined, blah blah blah, well coached, whatever. Versus the good teams, you know, the three or four good teams yep. in the Big Twelve. It's either a testament to parody, um, a symptom of the culture uh, of the style of play, or whatever. But Oklahoma's a damn good team. They almost beat Georgia, and they had to gut it out. They still played like five close games. Yeah, yeah they have. Yeah, I
0: mean the difference there. You know, Kansas is horrible, uh, and <laughs> until proven otherwise, Kansas is horrible. Uh, Baylor will not be nearly as bad. But the other eight teams, or you know, nine if you're including Baylor now, uh-huh. uh, are bowl caliber. And so, yeah, it, there aren't as many easy outs. somebody like Ohio State, yeah, they're all they're they're tremendous. But then also, you know, last year they got to play Maryland, they got to play Rutgers, they got to play well. Not that Nebraska was always going to be bad, but they were bad, uh-huh. and they got to play Illinois. Like so, half of their conference play was against legitimately bad teams. Um, you get you got two of those last year in the Big Twelve, and Oklahoma almost lost to one of them. Baylor, they let Baylor hang around for a long time. Um, but you know, you just don't get as many easy outs in that conference. You don't have as many heavyweights, but you don't have as many easy outs
1: either. Uh, let me ask you something real fast. And just answer this yeah. as quick as you can. How good is Ohio, uh, Excuse me. How good is Iowa State going to be? Uh I'm trying to. If I haven't.
0: Like they lost Lazard. Uh, pretty good. Okay. I, I don't Here's know how I much. Ask.
1: Here's what I ask. This schedule okay. screams like emergence year uh breakout per breakout tom herman gets profiled by every national schmuck like me <laughs> this is the texas is back campaign here's why weird sleepy opening game at maryland you lost it last yeah, year
0: i'm more concerned about that one than USC, right? i
1: think for texas you, that's but but still favors well for texas in a lot of ways because he can get them up after losing last year right then you come home mm-hmm. tulsa's we don't know um tulsa's not what it was um, and then we we just talked about how they shape up well against USC. If you are able to punch through and feel good about the run of TCU at home at K State, Red River, and then Baylor still, you know, a husk. Yeah, they should be Baylor at home. That you know, you your win that last game, yeah. major game is going to Stillwater, October 27th. Now, again, I know I, I don't want to denigrate. I, we just said how much is in the league, but. West Virginia, you closed the season, West Virginia at Texas Tech, Iowa State, and at Kansas. You could. Granted, they lost. You could. Like, lost I know, I know, Davis. but if you're having this, I'm saying if this is the, <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, is know, the ascension know. and you're able to beat, if you're, if you're able to, to really boil it down. And if you're three and one against the two Oklahomas, USC and Maryland, like things look pretty good. Things look really good. Yeah, like that's and, a 10, that's a 10 no, win team.
0: And we were saying with LSU, you know, breakout year means national title run. We're not back. We're not
1: to that point with Texas yet. Texas no breakout year for Texas is 10 wins. It's been a while. Right. And and, yeah,
0: I mean, they've, that is without a doubt, a lovely breakout year. If you can get to about 10 and three and I would see this schedule, you know, absolutely catering to 10 and three. Cause yeah, they, they've won more than eight games once since, uh, the national title game in Oh, nine, um, so, yeah, you get to nine wins. Technically, that's kind of a breakout year, but you can set the bar at 10 here. I think they might hit it.
1: Interesting. That may go down as an ask PA pin, like question length record holder, record setter, <laughs> at least a record setter. Um, okay. Um, I had a question pulled up, and then I had to dive into Texas schedule, so I'm going to vamp for a second while I find it. At Audit Dog, Nat Burrows, he asked, might be more of a 38 Godfrey question. It is. Uh, but was it Tennessee? But was it Tennessee not taking Bobo seriously as a candidate, or Bobo not wanting to get involved with the Tennessee job as Plan D or something else? Felt like his name was not being at least floated was odd. Um, Nat, he was a candidate at Ole Miss. They talked to him.
0: Yeah. This, so this is in response to I had my Colorado State
1: preview. Oh, okay. Day. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I didn't understand because he was very yeah. The question was a little weird. Um, Bobo was never okay. So Spencer Hall asked me to do this yesterday for something that's completely unrelated. They're like in in loose terms, like how many people got offered the job, how many people had conversations about the job that we actually believe. And so like we know that the text messages have all come out, like Brady Hoax out there, like all caps texting, trying to get that money. Like, not really a real situation. We know that they talked to Les Miles, but like no one offered Les Miles it's a Tennessee job. That's crazy. Um I had, like, boiled it down to between my reporting and the reporting of, of like, literally two or three other colleagues on a national level that I trust. I would say that you're looking somewhere between, like, 11 and 13. And Bobo... Now, okay, here's the deal, though, Bill. It's 11 to 13. It's two separate searches. They fire the first person who was searching, okay? And then start again <laughs> with none of the previous people that he had ta- had spoken to, right? So you start all the way back with, like... I'm getting killed on Twitter and social media by Mississippi State fans for saying that Dan Mullen's talking to them about that job. No, no, double Rebel Homer. And then, of course, it comes out months later that he was on his way to Knoxville and was discussing the Tennessee job days before the Egg Bowl, which he lost. Oh, I hate being right. Um, So there's a whole arc that starts from Dan Mullen, go through the Shiano thing, right? And then it ends and dies um, with Mike Leach. When I was out working on Project X, I was getting phone calls from Tennessee people saying, like, they're going to go out to Mike Leach. And my response to those Tennessee people on the phone was like, the Mike Leach is probably going to say yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that. Um, Obviously, we know Curry basically got fired in the process of offering Mike Beach a job. He, he
0: did say yes and didn't Correct. get the job. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, so, every, I mean, what a weird thing. I don't know how many people in life go through a situation where you're offered a job by a person who's fired, and you don't. the job is not going to be offered to you, but neither of you know it yet. What a weird thing. Um, okay. Then you have the separate search that emerges after, and it's kind of what you need to focus on if you're a Tennessee fan. Um, Pruitt was hired. I think Mel Tucker was probably the Rooney Rule candidate. Um, Mel Tucker is an assistant at Georgia. Um, And Kevin Steele was real. Um, I know there were reports that T. Martin was offered the job. I don't know if he was officially offered the job. You know how that stuff goes. It's not official until it is. No one ever is officially offered a job that they don't take. So that was kind of the candidate pool in the situation they were in. This is a long-winded way of getting back to Bobo by saying, Bobo was not on the radar initially by Curry, and I think there was a different crop by the time that Fulmer had had started his his search. Yeah. Um, also, let's talk about Colorado State for a second. <laughs> what have you done to get to Tennessee? Please, please, right. please he's, everyone, he's please, everyone, there. place your Tennessee jokes under your seat for a second, and just fold your hands. Continue.
0: No, he, yeah he um he's only been there three years first of all um he inherited a job a program on the rise he kept it bowl caliber, but he hasn't we were just talking about breaking through he hasn't broken through he had a chance to break through. Uh, last fall, uh, and they they kind of fell apart down the stretch. They were in position to win the Mountain West Mountain. They were in very good shape. They were let's see, they were five and two. They lost to Alabama, you know, forgivably so, uh, and they blew a ton of chances and somehow managed to lose to Colorado despite outgaining them by if I remember by a decent amount. So they're five and two, a disappointing five and two. Uh, but then they go and they get waxed by Air Force at home um late october uh the the tide turns just as maybe his name is is starting to waft around but you, you lose to air force you're still okay in terms of uh you know having the mountain west mountain division in your control but then you lose 16 13 at wyoming in the snowstorm uh, and then you return home and you go up huge on boise state give up a huge comeback and lose i think an overtime 59 to 52 um, and then you, for the second straight year, basically don't start playing your bowl game until the fourth quarter and you lose to Marshall, uh, as well, a, a Marshall team that was like Idaho the year before kind of inferior to you for the year as a whole, but showed up. Uh, showed up before the fourth quarter anyway. So from five and two, they were in a very good position for a breakthrough. They, they finished the year losing four out of five. So I, I, I still think Bobo's going to figure things out. I think he's a good coach. I think, you know, he's recruiting very well. He'll get everything figured out, but he's probably at best going to match seven to six this year because he has a lot of place uh, pieces to replace. So he just hasn't, it, when you're a mid-major head coach, even if you have SEC ties, even if you recruit really well, you kind of need a card to play, and he doesn't have a card to
1: play yet. Damn, that a really succinct. I, I, yeah, we can just move on. That was good. <laughs> sometimes, you, sometimes you nail it. Woo-hoo. Uh, let's see. How about this? You ain't getting an yeah. SEC job, so you're winning like ten games the Mountain West. How's that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, McElwain set the table nicely for him. McElwain got an SEC job by by bringing Colorado State back. But mm-hmm. you know, really, what I the parallels I found with Colorado State it was a lot like you know, not that Rocky Long was going you know really a candidate for a major conference job because he's whatever he is 70 uh-huh. years old mm-hmm. but um but at san diego state he was the same way he had kind of a ceiling of seven A wins uh through about four or five seasons uh and you started to wonder like our san diego state fans were kind of grumbling about the quote unquote next step and whatnot uh and then they took the next step and they've won like 31 games the last three years 32 so uh it's it's still very possible it's still like, one a of the weirdest programs man
1: advantage. still so strange to try and understand how that happened
0: i did san diego radio by the way yesterday. oh yeah about um, sdsu yeah no, well, that was uh yeah. they, they it was funny they, it, i was a novelty like wow a national writer who talked about san diego state tell us what you think i pitched i
1: pitched that program i ain't always trying to go to k-state like let's get real here for a second as all my editors listen to this occasionally your boy would like a decent trip send me to san diego enjoy a fish taco right 72 degree weather no it's a stupid program never wants to get national <laughs> press can't i oh god sorry i pitched them an embed when they were playing like michigan a couple of years ago they're like no we're good and it was really <laughs> one of the first times in my career i was like no, no 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 you're not you no one knows who you are i think people out here in my part of the country think you're an uh, arena football league team so why don't you let my ass in here for three or four days so I can write about your prog- your program and what they're building towards? Nothing, nothing. I can't remember that. That wasn't a very
0: good Michigan game, was it? If I remember, no, correctly.
1: they got killed. They got killed. Twenty-eight-seven. Yeah, good to be. I've I, I, I dealt with that before, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know how to write that piece. Oh, like an oral bowel movement,
0: Jimmy Jewett jj tweet at jj tweeting five jj tweet which five. Ha- coach which coach at a p5 school who everyone assumes is safe winds up on the hot seat <laughs> after next season oh man okay i'm just gonna go ahead and pull up see CFP stats to get my full list of teams in front of me here
1: okay so again you guys got to set your rules out for us um we so so if you go to coach's hot seat not scientific. Um, and you look at their top 10, it can't be someone who's already on the hot seat is what they're saying. Right.
0: Yeah. Somebody we think is safe. Somebody, when we're talking
1: hot seat lists, uh, they're, they're nowhere near like, wait, the top so, like, like when we, someone, the public thinks is safe or someone that, that even sports writers. think.
0: Well, I would say that we, yeah, like, like, you know, Paul Johnson, not incredibly safe, um, oh, but okay. I'm just looking at the ACC teams. But like, you know, Bronco Mendenhall is safe. Uh, so somebody more Mendenhall-ish, not that I'm predicting that at all. He's fine. But um, yeah, totally. somebody we're thinking of That's as safe good. right now. A good example would be like Gary Pinkle in 2015. Now, granted, he, I mean, he retired, so mm-hmm. it wasn't quite the same. But he started that season uh, having won two division titles and ended it. Protest aside, he still ended it uh, on much shakier footing because of what was happening on the field. Um, that's not a great
1: example but we're going to go with um, it. what about Larry Fedora yeah that's a good one um, I
0: think they're going to improve I think, they, it's not a I think they are
1: too but I think if there's if there's not enough of a, an improvement there it'll start towards season end baseless by the way great football coach I think he's really good yeah. done, and he doesn't get the shine nationally that he deserves for dealing with the UNC NCAA stuff as much as he dealt with early Mm -hmm. on and still really like fashioning a pretty good football program. Um, As someone who's like been eyeballs deep in the NCAA as it relates to Ole Miss and Mississippi state and all that, like Fedora just had a much calmer hand in all that and was very, um, (laughs) it was was impressive what he did. Um, What about, I got one for you. It's not power five. What about Kalani Satake?
0: I would say he's probably already getting there. Uh, he's probably his seat is probably too warm to qualify. Okay. BYU's head coach, for those who don't know, um, here's here's one that I don't completely believe either, but that's kind of the nature of this question. We're not yeah. going to completely got- believe it, otherwise, we'd probably already have him on the that- hot seat. BJ Fleck, um, no. If if he bombs the second year, because I mean they really did fall apart last year, um, okay. I mean, it gets harder to sell that level of char- charisma and energy if you're not winning. So he's probably not going to be on the hot seat by any means. It's his second year, but I think that's one of those situations where right now he's fine, everything's fine. A year from now, you could be looking at a yeah, you better win this year kind of situation. But yeah, that's, that's it, a it's tough. Um, Holgerson's one
1: that gets talked about a lot, and Kingsbury's one who gets talked about a lot. But Kingsbury, Holgerson has at multiple times been on the hot seat at West Virginia. Kingsbury was in the hot seat last year at West Virginia. So I don't know if those things count. Oops. Mark Soups
0: is always one step away from the hot seat and one step away from like a 10 year contract extension. Yeah, He,
1: I mean, because of that, I don't even know if you can use him in this, in yeah. this exercise. Yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> I, you know, so honestly, I don't believe this either. But Barry Odom, no, not really. You think? Yeah,
0: I, I think. I think the athletic director's got a pretty high, not like you know, win the division or else kind of thing. But if you miss a bowl, um, especially with uh, not, not not saying I doubt Derek Dearly, but with the offensive coordinator change he just made, um, if the offense falls apart in Drew Locke's senior year, that'll be like having uh-huh. two bad years. I think. Um, so he's not completely safe.
1: Mike Leach is one everybody talks about everybody's talking mm-hmm. about that because they lost so much of the coaching staff. They are dealing with a multitude of off field issues. He lost his athletic director. So that's definitely one that, and, know, and he took another job and then went back to his old job. Yeah. And that's, uh, for that's one that gets talked about in the industry, a whole heck of a lot. Um, wait, did they say anything about first years or first years? Or did, did that work? No, just
0: know. basically somebody who seems safe now, but will end up not safe at
1: all. Well, that would imply being fired after one year. Cause I was going to say who goes into hysterics first, like Florida state or Texas A&M. Mm, yeah. I think it's Texas a and I
0: think Florida state fans are more prone to to maybe get in his... Well, boy, I don't know. That says uh, easy uh, tiger. Yeah. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll stop myself
1: there. But
0: it doesn't matter because I think I think Taggart's going to do great. Uh, I'm not. I'm less convinced about Jimbo at least getting a fast start. So yeah, that's you, what you I'm can saying. Speak. Yeah, a year from now you can finally you can certainly probably find some uh, some grumbles. For, for a, for a and, and when you sign a 75 million dollar contract uh you know those those grumbles might be warranted if you're not winning quickly that's what i'm saying
1: okay uh your turn or mine oh for a question yep. uh yours our uh, friend of the show friend of mine Warren Abel's lsu schedule is legitimately terrifying reports out of baton rouge regarding offensive production are so far quote on brand what is lsu's <laughs> floor in the modern era, when's the last time a hotshot coordinator from the same staff took over for a fired coach? Bowden doesn't count. Um, okay, Warren is a, a typical LSU fan, at least the LSU fans that I am friends with because I'm friends with this person in real life, but also every LSU fan that I know, that I married into. they are. Either, there's two settings, um, like cocaine level jubilation or like just disgust. At a nine and three season. Like the <laughs> world is ending. So you can tell where they're at right now. Yeah, our our L S U Twitter fans were crabby last year for most of the year, and they finished in the top twenty with a new coach. They do not look at that as that is not the glass <laughs> half full approach that they want to take. They want to find a reason to think that the world is ending because they hired Ed O'Chron. And I think the I think the honest answer is you don't even I don't know what I don't know if they know what they have yet. I don't know. I mean, it's the, the Canada thing. You cannot argue away. It was bad. It was bad that it happened. It was bad for Canada. It was bad for Osron. It was bad for LSU. It was um, replacing him with the temporary OC that you that you moved over when you became the interim head coach. Um, I like Insbinger, but man, it's a hard sell. I liked what Insbinger was doing on offense too, by the way. Yeah, no,
0: I, I think he did a very good job uh, in, in 2016 with what he had to put, like just jumping in in the middle like that. I thought he did a, a fine job, but yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, you know, quote unquote reports out of Baton Rouge, qu- reports out of spring ball, ignore them, ignore them, ignore very them. True. It's April. So that very doesn't, true. that doesn't change my opinion at all. But um yeah, they've certainly got a lot to prove. They they've were, got a hard uh, this, and...
1: They're cycling through a lot. Like they they have been hit by the draft a lot. And and the gaps that happened with they did not blow the doors off in recruiting this year. They did good, but not like that Ed Orgeron's standard of excellence. And then there was the gaps where Miles' is recruiting had fallen off and they had some attrition. Um uh, Ross Dillinger, friend of the program, who covers the tigers for the advocate down there broke down the situation of like, why are they so thin on the lines and showed, you know, it's just one of those perfect storms. And that happens, Bud talks about that a lot with our, with our recruiting coverage, where, you know, you'll have a combination of like transition year off year, a little bit of injury and then a little bit of like transfer attrition. And that's all it takes sometimes to like kick a good program in the nuts for about a year um, and
0: especially on the line where, I mean, you start uh, on the offensive line, you know, like you that's half your offense. That's five guys. You need like 15 linemen, 13 to 15, at least for, in terms of scholarships. So yeah, attrition there can just wreck you and quickly.
1: Yeah. Bill, I have something to bring up. Um, okay. I often throw around the term best question asker. Um, as as I like to just pat individual heads of my favorite children amongst the PAPN, uh, you know, hardcores. So we've had a listener who is not only does he shoot for accuracy, he shoots for frequency. He is, he is Kobe. All right. And that is our, (laughs) that is our friend, uh, who, who usually asks like four to five good questions a week, which is better than some of y'all's lazy asses, uh, Shakar Gupta. And the problem was this, I knew I was butchering that name. And so I tweeted at him. He started I, – I put the call out early this morning, as one does before we record. And then he starts popping off like these great questions again. So I was like, I know I'm going to answer your question. I know we're going to read your question on the air, one of your great questions. I know I'm screwing your name up. And this is the problem. I said, um, I said, hey, how bad am I butchering your name on Twitter? And he says, ah, it's not terrible, but it's pronounced. And then he breaks it out into two pronunciations shi like shiitake and care like anchor but even as i just read that to you my brain knows what he's trying to say my dumb hillbilly mouth continues to destroy his first name so i'm really really apologizing
0: i have no idea what it's like to to butcher a name over and over again that's that's very foreign to me
1: why is oklahoma's accent so weird for those of you who don't know, or maybe we do get a lot of new listeners, and we appreciate that. Welcome to the family. Uh, Bill is from Oklahoma, and it's basically like you took, you took an East Texas accent, and then like you ran over it with like a with like a highway paver. I don't know. Y'all's accent is so strange. <laughs> well, and then I, I've lived in Missouri twenty
0: years, and in Missouri they do things like uh, take a city that's spelled V E R S. A I L L E S like a famous city in France, uh, and call Versa- it for I, sales, for sales, it's, it is for sales in Missouri. I um, also smoke a lot. I also
1: smoke a lot of meth. Sorry, I was trying to get that joke in in between your statements.
0: Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really, you can just say that I had no chance. We'll just leave it at that
1: awful i apologize over 50 percent of my bloodline runs through deep appalachia so um i just even when he literally gave me two words that i know the meaning of and pronunciation of i'm still <laughs> butchering it so shakur gupta is i think how you shakur. say it yes and i'm really, I mean, really uh, i'm really, really sorry shakur because you ask the best questions and usually the most frequent questions and you're a usc fan we spent a lot of time on usc the last couple shows i don't have anything on this episode but let me jump in he's got a couple here uh the first one is will there ever be PAP in apparel? We we want that. Oh, we we just don't control that. Um
0: well, and we're we're lazy. We haven't pushed the apparel thing at all.
1: Uh, I don't even know how to push that, it. Too, I think that, like,
0: we're in, I think we're more in control of that one than we are like the the theme song and all that. Uh but we just never we say, Oh, that'd be a good idea.
1: And yeah. then poof. But I'm told that's coming too, but like I'm told that every six months. I don't know. Um all right, he says, uh will any anyone from the Mountain West have a chance to jump to the Pac twelve? Um no hawaii uh, there's just no reason um, to expand right now um yeah. uh, again uh john wilner at the at the god i don't know he's, he's he's writing for multiple newspapers on the west coast right now but it's pac-12 hotline i think is the twitter handle right had another breakdown this morning um and, I, and it was so dense that i just had to put it in the pocket app i haven't actually like gone through and looked at all the stats um where the buy rate for the pac-12 network amongst subscribers, like amongst cable subscribers what you're actually paying down to the cent for like particular networks among all the different carriage opportunities is going down again and and they're trying to put a spin on that like i just don't see the pac 12 with with what's going on right now looking around and, and saying like oh we need to get two or four more um if that were to happen and like we're in some some new like blow it all up situation you have the obvious candidates um but i don't know if any of the obvious candidates from the mountain west are what the pac-12 is looking for because they don't want to fortify the west what they want to right. do is is create a stake and do something dramatic where you know you joke hawaii is a thing to them for non-football reasons as it branches into the um to the uh, various asian countries that ha- they they feel like they can send basketball to so maybe hawaii is the only one with the chance but I still think that they would go and like, I, I think the Pac-12 is maybe waiting around for the Big 12 to die. And we don't even know if that's going to happen. And we don't even right. know.
0: Meanwhile, maybe. the Big 12 is waiting around for the Pac-12 to die. Yes. Um, so
1: uh, you know, short I, I answer is really,
0: no. Yeah, I, uh, one of the questions on San Diego radio yesterday, which I, it was fun. I was like treated like a foreigner. is wonderful. Um was basically like, what What do you do if you're San Diego State? You know, what what are you hoping to get it out of the future Um, because they do have the, the new stadium idea on the table. Uh, It hasn't been completely approved yet, but it, uh, I think the odds are at least decent where they'll uh, tear down uh, the, the uh, carcass that was once Jack Murphy stadium and build a a smaller stadium, a more uh, school friendly kind of facility, um, which I think it would be a, a phenomenal thing to do. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're San Diego State, you're probably not getting in the Pac-12. You know, maybe you can position yourself in case, you know, this quote unquote breakout of uh, the power five ever happens and they create a new subdivision. You know, the AAC is going to try to get in on that. Uh, whether it will work or not is a different question, but if the AAC does, if they manage to kind of latch on and say, you're not going anywhere without us by God, uh, and you need Houston and blah, 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 um, and they become kind of a, and there becomes a, a six conference, uh, new subdivision, then, you know, you know, Boise state, you know, San Diego state, you know, some of those programs will try to latch on, you know, some way or another but otherwise mean, if you're a west coast mid-major you just like get your get your affairs in order you know get get the the stadium right like colorado state did like san diego state's trying to uh and just hope that that you know things unfold in a certain way because i don't think anybody knows how things are going to unfold now
1: shakur also has a uh, multiple nerd questions because i think he does your math nerd stuff like you do yes i'm gonna ask one of them one <laughs> of them he, keep it brief um uh, with such a small sample size when it comes to college football, and then in parentheses, he writes n less than, less than equal or to 15. <sighs> Do you use any non parametric correlation methods to account for that? You're not going to answer this one? That's real um, funny. It's real funny. So, no,
0: not exactly. Like the, the whole. The way I go about things with S&P, it comes down to those preseason projections and you're just trying to establish priors uh, to uh, take up as much space as possible until we actually get some sample. Because I don't look at the sample as in is less than or equal to 15, like because I'm not looking at games. I'm looking at plays and drives and things that can add up over time. Um, so I, I do... The the way I try to get around the sample thing is with those by making the projections as good as humanly possible and and keeping the weight relatively high through at least half the season, um and and then hopefully being able to kind of let the numbers stand on their own. I know ESPN, uh, their FPI, which you know has had a lot more brain power put into it than my numbers have. Um, they use priors throughout the whole year. Um, you know they they keep their projections in at the very end. They also have by far the the best uh, absolute error or however you whatever tool you want to use to figure out like who who gets the closest from game to game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have the the best in that regard, and they keep the preseason projections in the whole time, even though they gets them yelled at a lot. So mm-hmm. there are ways around the sample size, but I do think if you get down to that drive level data and the play level data, it is different because you are you have whatever a thousand plays in a given season and, and however hundred many drives and and that makes it a little better. At least
1: we're starting to wrap up the show. So I want to make sure we touch on as many aspects of the mountain West as we can. Um, just because that's where we are on the previews. Uh, Mason Moore asks, do you think that USU Utah state uh, losing 10 of the last 11 close games is just bad luck, poor decision-making by Wells or inexperienced players bonus Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell.
0: <laughs> um. As a as a as somebody employed by SB Nation, I will just say to that last question: Yes, yes, um, bring it on, because that was an unexpected gold mine that shouldn't really ever happen. Um, so, yeah, when I was writing the Utah State preview, I'm I'm walking through their results. They they were ranked in the like the 50s, even though they were six and seven, and that was kind of weird. But then I was like looking through there and like, yeah, they're pretty unlucky. Look at all these close losses. And then I started thinking, wait a second, did I say that last year? Um, yeah, they have they have legitimately lost 10 of their last 11 one possession games which is amazing and I, this is where i i, I know we probably talked about this before that's been a the theme of the show as well by the way i think i've said this before but um bud series but about theory that we've discussed a, a few times about the 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 close game record is a combination of luck coaching quarterback playing place kicking <laughs> Uh, And I kind of like that theory. Um, Utah State in recent years, they've cycled through about 18 quarterbacks a year. Uh, They they do employ a a mobile quarterback as often as not. That guy tends to get Uh hurt. Um, and so in previous years, that was kind of a, you could use that as one reason to say, like, you know, they don't have any sort of go to situa- go to options late in games because they don't know who the damn quarterback's going to be. Uh, they did, for the most part, have Jordan Love, especially over the last half of the season. Uh, and they still lost by five to Wyoming and by three to Air Force, by six to New Mexico State in overtime. So it's not completely that you could say that he was a freshman, but there's just a lot of things here. It has to be it, at some point. It isn't just. Bad luck. I think there is absolutely bad luck involved, but at some point you do have to look at like what are you doing late in games that is causing you to fail and the other team to succeed. You got to start looking at the coaching element because they are clearly lacking. They're they're in they've been consistently competitive and in position to win a lot of games, but they give away a couple of games every year, and and that's a really hard way to go about life.
1: Patient move by John Hartwell, too. The athletic director. He was the guy who hired Neil Brown at Troy before leaving for the Utah State job, and um. We talked about this, I think, but what do you do if you, if you get rid of Wells? Like it's not our, it's it, it, it they've, they've been blessed by having consecutive talented coaches and they're just in a spot right now. Now right, you, if you just, yeah, replicate yeah, you can. this again over another season. You may have to, because you don't have the, you don't have the luxury of having that many lean years in a row with such a small budget and, and fickle appeal. But firing him was not the right move.
0: No, no, not at all. Because, I mean, and again, you know, this is Utah State. You know, Before Gary Anderson showed up, they'd been to, I think, two bowls in 40 years or something. They'd, they'd only been to a handful ever. Um, and now they're competitive enough to where suddenly only going to bowl games isn't good enough. And that is different. And when you combine that with a thing that is at least partially random, yeah, no, panicking here is not the move at all. Uh, and they should be pretty good this year. If they're going to figure this out, if they ever have, you know, if Jordan Love if sticks and doesn't get hurt and they figure out a nice rapport with him and David Yost. The offensive coordinator, and they start winning some of these close games. Like they, there's barely any like truly like guaranteed loss on their schedule this year. They to have a huge year, but yeah, they do have to figure out those close if, games. That's kind of important.
1: If they get back to where we think they should be in the tra- trajectory that Wells had before, and Wells gets another job, I'm not a huge fan of the retread movement, like I, the UConn situation with Randy being what it is. But just go hire Gary Anderson back because. Huh, yeah, I mean I think that would work. He knows, like, I don't think there's any hard feelings there. It made sense that he went to Wisconsin. Like, just hire him back. I mean, he's at Utah right now, so, and then I think he's going to do really well at Utah. I think he fits with those guys. I mean, he's he's he reminds me a lot of the guys on that staff. So, yeah, I've forgotten about. I've forgotten that he's
0: pretty available. So yeah, that'd be I really mean, he too. just
1: like he's going to do well at Utah. I don't think Willingham would have an issue if he went back to USU. Like, just I mean. I'm, I I guess I'm working for Matt Wells right now because I've got Matt Wells on a major job, but I think he's just trying to win ballgames right now. But, yeah, um, that's a program no one talks about. They were really fun to watch there for a while. The Jackie Keaton thing was cool. Could be again. Could be again. All right. Could be again.
0: Uh, Bill. Whoa. Oh, oh. Uh, here's here are a couple more that we should get through. Uh, Bruno Ligieri, at Bruno Le- Ligieri, L-I-G-I-E-R-I. Uh, just say hi to a listener from Brazil. Hi. Hi. Hey. Okay, that one was easy. Uh, and uh, Joda Fata Stacks, or Fat Stacks, at Joda Fat Stacks. of course. Y'all pointed me to a, some stellar whiskey last football season. that bill brought up añejo tequila in a conversation on here. I'm getting married on Cinco de Mayo. My God, what kind of
1: tequila? Um,
0: any recommendations on an on an añejo we should no. serve at the reception?
1: Miss it again. Say it again.
0: Añejo. Añejo. No, it's on. It's it, the, I. I have been corrected. It is añejo. Who corrected you? A bartender who serves a lot of tequila. Sure it's, 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 it's a here, here. I'm gonna pull up. Did you can do the pronunciation uh, uh, thing. Uh, uh, Añejo pronunciation. Anejo. How do you pronounce it? Well, I'm doing it right now too. Um, I'm gonna turn it up real loud for for. We'll see if I'm right. Show got loose. Yeah um i I turned it up really loud but it was only my damn headphones because i got headphones on so nobody heard that uh but i'm right we'll just say that i should also be saying reposado
1: reposado and i'm not going to hear that god please don't do that that. oh i'm going to say i again having no institutional memory or memory whatsoever i don't remember the whiskey recommendations we usually stay away from that kind of stuff um you're getting married on Cinco de Mayo. Good job. That's amazing. Good job. That's, I guess.
0: Um, I guess. I mean, that's going to be a rough. Like, if you're just going straight from there to like a to like honeymoon the next day, that's going to be a rough flight. So there, but, there,
1: um, there comes a time, and maybe maybe I'm only speaking for myself, where you're you're in your 20s and maybe even your early 30s, and you're it really matters to be well versed in these worlds, like whiskey, beer, tequila, <laughs> wine. Wine usually comes later. I kind of gave up like i have a really really deep whiskey collection bourbon collection because i get those as gifts and i'm in a part of the country where we get access to things that other people don't yeah <laughs> i mean honestly it's like if you lived in sonoma uh, you would get yeah. you would get wine other people don't um but also like when i go to people's houses now and they're like oh everyone bringing six back and i'm like ha i showed up with high life but also i like to drink high life um And they're all talking about like what Asheville, North Carolina brewery this is from, and blah blah blah. blah. (laughs) Whatever. Um, I like those things. I like uh, I like these nice tequila. I like the mezcal because it's smoky. I don't know anything about it, Mr. Fat Stacks. Sorry. Luckily, let me call you. Let me call you Joda. Mr. Fat Stacks was your father. (laughs) Um.
0: No, I I have, like, that's when everybody here was nerding out about bourbon a couple of years ago. I started veering, because that's what I do, um, and realizing, like, yeah, oh, bourbon's good. I think I like rye and Irish and tequila more. Um, and the tequila thing really is, you you can get, like, you can go into, the, like, the Codigo kind of $60 or $70 bottle stuff if you want to, and I'm sure they're very, very good. You're talking about a wedding, however, uh, which suggests volume of some sort. And I would say the best two Añejos, Añejo, um, that are reasonably affordable. The most affordable one is Casadoras, um, with the, with like the elk on the bottle. Uh, that is absolutely tremendous, uh, aged tequila for sipping and whatnot. Uh, and the best, um, Blanco, if you're going more towards the mixed drinks thing, uh, the Casamigos, the Clooney tequila. I hate that it's good cause it's, you know, it's George Clooney's little personal, uh, tequila brand that he went down and sampled and bought and da 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 and they just sold for 11 billion dollars uh, but Wait, it's awesome george
1: clooney did the plot for monorash george clooney
0: and cindy crawford's husband decided they wanted to own a tequila company went down sampled a bunch found one that he said would not make you hung over and i to this date have not been hung over from drinking it um and it's tremendous that you can get the blanco for relatively cheap like we can get it like 25 20 to 25 dollars here in Colombia the añejo is more like 50 dollars a bottle 45 to 50 dollars a bottle and it is also incredible uh the reposado the one in between tastes like birthday cake so you know if you're if you're in the mood for celebration go for that but uh, those are my cazadores is the best affordable añejo tequila that i know of it's tremendous
1: okay well there's your Boom. there's your answer um i would just continue to say miller highlife um Bill, we gotta go. Both Bill of the us. Wedding. We gotta go. You gotta go to radio. Yeah. You want to say what market here? Yeah. What, what market are you doing radio in?
0: I am doing Cleveland radio. I'm. T- this is an NFL radio oh, hit that gross. I'm
1: doing right now. To talk about quarterbacks,
0: <sighs> because that is that is where I chose to move my career in in certain ways. I veered towards the NFL because that's i veer that's what i
1: did you're gonna go on cleveland radio and they're gonna ask you 10 questions uh five about Allen, five about darnold and then they're gonna say something um super coded racist about lamar jackson have a good time um, you can reach him <laughs> at spn underscore bill c you can reach me at 38 godfrey we will reach you next week wow that was smooth right there like cosadoras on oh my god